Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. song if you didn't know the song um, and, and if I had only not lost that loving feeling what what's that loving feeling I think most of us kind of know what the song's implying but what's that loving feeling it's when the butterflies go away right when the goosebumps are gone do you know if I if I could recapture that loving feeling that those goosebumps those moments, you know, that we just, we just had it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you've seen couples, and you're like, oh, they got it. They got it. Um, it's not like, doesn't make you want to throw up in your mouth because they're over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some couples, you just like, take a break from each other. Good gracious. But some, you're just like, man, they got, they got that feeling. Um, and, and so, when you come to a place that you've lost that loving feeling, what do you do? What, what, what? Do you do? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Now, um, I'm a big, I, I love, love, love superhero movies. Um, big fan of them. Um, and right now, I got to tell you, it's been out for a while, but I like Superman a ton. Um, and the reason I like it is because his persona, Clark Kent, is nothing like Superman. Um, and I like the new Superman. I don't like the one with Christopher Reeves. I know um, that that probably turns a lot of you guys off. But man, I like the new good one, um, not the cheesy one. Um, but I, I, I like Clark Kent. He's all right, but there are sometimes Clark Kent needs to be put aside and Superman needs to come front and center because that's what you are there for. And so this morning, I want to let you know, um, man, Justin Graves is okay every once in a while for a lot of times and a lot of seasons and a lot of moments, but there's sometimes you need something just a little bit more. You need, you need just a little bit I've of change. I've heard people say that. And this week, I have been listening to Barry White. I've been listening to Marvin Gaye, but getting prepped for this message. I don't know. About and this that. sermon. And so, so this week, Doctor Love's we've coming loved. out. We've shared love. To see Doctor Love is going to make seem to me like an appearance. Enough. It's just not enough. Man. It's just not enough. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, Pastor Justin just ain't enough. There needs to be a doctor in the house. And so when you go see a doctor, you go and tell the doctor what's ailing you. What's ailing you? What's going on? Um, and um, 
you, you let him know the symptoms that you are feeling. And so today, if, if you have lost that loving feeling, we want to go over some of the symptoms. And um, Dr. Love this morning is hopefully going to help us out a little bit. Um, if you've lost that loving feel, feeling, symptoms can include but are not restricted to when no, there's no spark when you kiss and no butterflies when you kiss You've lost that loving feeling. When there's a lack of intimacy, we'll keep moving. You've lost that loving feeling. When you are highly irritated with one another, you have lost that loving feeling. Some of you lost it on your way to church. You are highly (laughs) irritated with one another coming to church. When the other person makes you break out in hives, you have lost that loving feeling. When there is more stress than fun, We'd say that we've lost that love and feeling. When life is hard and you don't have all the feels, the love and feeling is gone. You don't like spending time with one another anymore. You can't talk about anything without fighting. You've lost that loving feeling. And the last side effect is this. You can't look at one another without wanting to gouge the other person's eyes out. You have probably lost that love and feeling. Now, when you go to a doctor, you tell them the symptoms that are going on, like flu A, flu B, all of us know that really well in this place right now. Um, they do a flu test, and they go back, and they test it, and they bring it back, and you may or may not have the flu test. It may come back negative. And, and here's the deal. For a lot of us, we think we've lost that loving feeling, but that wasn't the issue in all actuality. The issue was that we have a problem that's different than what we think, and we need to identify it in a correct way. And so I want us to go to our Philippians chapter 1, verse 9, our text this morning, out of the message, and it says this, so this is my prayer, that your love will flourish, and that you will not only love much, but well. That's where a lot of us are. We love much, but we don't love well, learn to love appropriately. It's not something you're born with. It's not something that you feel you learn your way there, right? Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. This <laughs> is the problem, according to Dr. Love this morning. And the problem is this, and and we've misdiagnosed ourselves when the reality is, and it's our first point, we have to understand what love is. We have to understand what love is and what love isn't, because a lot of us, we say we've lost that loving feeling, but I would tell you this morning, you never had it to start with. A lot of us, we have mistaken infatuation for love. Right? I was great at infatuation in high school, man. I, w- I was an infatuation champion. Um, I, man, I, I loved being in relationships as long as they were fun. I'm going to put my pipe right here. Um, I, as long as they were fun, and then the moment that the girl got serious, I was, out. I was like, nope, 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 because I'm not going to marry you. I know that. I know at age 16, you're not the one I'm going to bring home to mama. Um, and so, 
Um, I, I was great at infatuation when it didn't, when it wasn't fun any longer. I got away from it. And, and here's the deal. Culture has really came in and it has defined what love is, but really it's defining love as infatuation instead of love. Culture says it's always fun. Culture says, man, love, love done right, man. It's always fun and it's never a struggle. <laughs> Culture says... Man, love, love, real love, man, you always have the feels and it never goes away. Real love, man, it, it's never inconvenient. Real love, man, it, it's always, man, they're just, you're just receiving and you're just receiving love and you're just receiving love and you don't have to work for it. It just happens. And yet the Bible says this, learn to love appropriately. So you fall into fatuation, but you learn to love. Anybody can like fall in love, but how do you stay there? Right? Because it's, man, you meet the girl, you meet the guy, and you're like, oh, I love you. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. And it's like this big contest of who loves each other more. And then you get married, and it's like, man, I thought you loved me more. No, I thought you loved me more. And, and it turns into something that love was never meant to to be about. I got to tell you, love is not give and take. Love is give and give. Love is give and you give more and you give more and you give more. Love is not, not convenient. In fact, love is very rarely convenient. <laughs> love is very, a lot of times, very inconvenient. If you don't believe me, have a baby. Um, it is <laughs> inconvenient. That's Love, love, man, love is, is, is not about all the feels. It's about learning to love appropriately. It's not sentimental gush. It's not all these feelings and butterflies. Oh, there's going to be those moments. Hear me. I, I'm not like, Casey's probably like, well, great to know I, you don't feel anything when you kiss me. Um, that, that's not what I'm saying. But there's going to be moments when the feelings go away and you feel like you've lost that loving feeling. Understand, it doesn't mean that love has gone. It's just you're going to have to learn how to love appropriately. I've got a list of what love is. Because some of us, we think we're in love or we have a case of love, but that's just not the reality of what love is. Love is not a first date. If you go on a first date... And you come, my girls come home and say, I'm in love. I'm going to like throw up right there on the floor. I'd be like, you are not in love. Shut up. Love is not a first date. Love is a 25th wedding anniversary. Love is not a first kiss. Can I tell you, the first time I kissed Casey, my heart was beating out of my chest. I was like, holy cow, don't screw this up, Graves. You know, I was just like, ah. Love is, I felt everything in the world at that point, Right? Love is not a first kiss. Love is a 10,000th kiss and still liking it. Oh, I like it. Um, love is not a fancy dinner. Love is living on beans and pancake mix and still being glad you said I do. That's love. Love is not suspicion and paranoia. Love is trust and benefit of the doubt. Now I want to stop just for a second right here. Some of us, we are creating a culture of suspicion instead of, and instead of a culture of love. 
And do you trust your spouse? Do you trust what they're telling you? Because if not, you're creating a culture of suspicion instead of a culture of trust. And the only ones that can do that is you and your spouse. Do you have a culture of trust or suspicion when it comes to your kids? When it comes to the workplace, if you've got employees and they tell you they're running late and they say, hey man, all the time here at the church, people are like, hey, I'm running this errand, I'm meeting this person for breakfast. I don't suspect them, I trust them that they're doing what they're doing. I want to create a culture of trust here and at home and with my kids. I'm not saying with your kids. Hold on, let's back this up just for a second, okay? I'm not saying you believe every single thing your kids say. Okay, let's take a time out just for a second. I'm going to stop being Dr. Love and be Parent Justin for a second. I believe fully in you get what you inspect instead of what you expect. Um, And you better be inspecting. And you are crazy, parents, if you are not checking your kids' cell phones. Be like, all the kids are like, you ain't checking my cell phone. I pay for your cell phone. I will check it five times a day if I want to. I'll text your friends from your cell phone. Just like, that's my room. That ain't your room. That's my room, my door. I paid for that door. I paid for that room. Anyways, um, parents. <laughs> Man, be smart. Don't put your head in the sand. I, I grew up with so many Kids, their parents didn't think their kid ever did anything wrong. I'm not saying that, but man, let there be balance. When your kid tells you something, do you believe them? Because here's the deal. If you're going to create a culture of trust, that's where love can thrive. But it only thrives when you tell the truth. When you tell the truth, it creates a culture of trust. And this is why lying is such a big deal. Because when you lie... You eliminate truth. I, I loved what one of my, my friends in first service says. It says, you can recover from a truth, but it's really hard to recover from a lie. And can I tell you, that's just true. You can recover from a truth, but it's really, really hard, and it takes a really long time to recover from a lie. And real love, true love, tells the truth. And if you think, oh, it's not a big deal, I'm just going to lie about a small thing, man, I'm telling you, you start lying about the small things, and eventually you'll start lying about the big things. Let's keep moving. Love is not a fancy dress. Love is him holding your hair while you're sick. Love isn't staying up all night. That's college. Um, That is not... Love is not staying up all night. Love is getting up in the middle of the night to help with the baby. Love is not a makeout session. Now, my daughter's in here, so I'm gonna keep this G-rated. But Grace still likes him a good makeout session. <laughs> just, just gonna let you know. Um, there, ain't, there ain't nothing wrong with a good little makeout session, but. And now I've made my wife completely uncomfortable, but that's not love, right? Love is being able to hold hands and nothing else needs to be said. Love isn't liking each other the first two years, that's infatuation. Oh, but we've been married the first two years. Man, that's awesome, and I'm glad you like each other still, because you need to. That's the goal of marriage. Like, when we were getting married, everybody would be like, you're going to hate each other after the first year, and we're like, why? You know, we like each other. We're still best friends. Love's not liking each other after the first two years. Love is sitting on a park bench when you're 70 and still being best friends. Love's not having all your dreams come true. Love is enduring the times your dreams are crushed. 
Love isn't about the dream house. It's not the dream house, it's all the houses before. Hear me, if you think you're gonna be in love and your marriage is gonna be fixed when this happens, when this happens, when this happens, you're just fooling yourself. That's not love, love's endures all the other things. Love is saving him the leftover pizza. It's saving her the last cookie, and it's waiting to have coffee together. Love is not a feeling. Hear me on this. Love is not a feeling. It is a choice. You choose to love. And every time I say this, I get pushed back from somebody. And I'm just telling you, there's going to come a point in time where you don't have that loving feeling, where you are irritated with your spouse. Believe it or not, I irritate my wife every once in a while. Hard to believe because somebody went up to her and and said a few years ago, it hadn't happened a long time, um, but just said to her, man, Justin must be such a blessing to live with. You are so lucky that you have that kind of blessing to live with. And I'm like, I'm a blessing, girl. I don't know what you're measuring, but I am a blessing. Um, Here's the deal, is that I can irritate her. I can get on her last nerve. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you have a last nerve. I've been on it a lot. (laughs) Love is still choosing to love the person, even when you don't feel like, even when it's hard. That's love. That's learning to love appropriately. So so here's what I want us to understand, and it's our second point, kind of diving into this a little bit more. Point two is about love. Love pushes through all things instead of some things. Love pushes through all things Instead of setting in your mind, I'm just going to push through something. I'm just going to push till it, it just gets hard for this amount of years or this amount of time. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, it says this, love suffers long and it's kind. In essence, love is patient. It's what suffer longs mean. You know what? Nobody ever felt patient a day in their life. You did not wake up today saying, you know what, I I feel like having my patience tested. No, you didn't. You were a liar. We just talked about that. You don't feel patient. You don't feel like suffering long. That's patience, you know? Like, I want to see the longest line I can get at at Walmart, you know, and just let everybody else in front of me. No, you look for the shortest, fastest line with the checker that's got it together. Because some of them, you're like, I know the line's shorter, but she ain't got it. I'm going to this one. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Love is waiting in a long line at Walmart together. <laughs> Love is suffering long and is kind. Love does not envy. It does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Verse 7, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Things. Love never fails. I've read this a ton. You've heard this a ton. Every wedding you go to, probably this has been quoted and read. And, and, and this week, what stood out to me is endures all things. Endures out of the Greek means hupo minnow, which means to face and withstand with courage. 
to face and withstand with courage. All things in the Greek just simply means anything, a total of things, every kind of thing. So the Bible is saying this, it faces and withstands with courage every kind of thing you could ever face. That is love. That's what love is. It's not infatuation. It doesn't go away. It faces with courage any and everything that comes your way. But here's where we kind of drop off, is that we're more in love with being a bride than we are a wife. We love, man, ladies, you get ready to get married, and you've already got it all planned, and the guy's like, what just happened? You know, I just asked you to marry me, and you've got a venue, you've already got your dress, you've got invitations picked out. I mean, you, you got it because you've been planning your wedding since you're 12. You know, you just act the bride. That's what you do at sleepovers. I've got two girls. I, I understand these things. I, I know, I know. I've seen it up close. Don't deny it. We, and, and we prepare to get married. We prepare for the wedding but we don't put a lot of work into the marriage because can I tell you, the bride and the groom, that showed. The husband and the wife, that's work. There's a big difference. Man, and, and we're like, man, I just want the results without putting the work in, but that's not how love works. That's not how relationships work. You don't need Dr. Love to tell you that. You know that. You gotta be willing to roll your sleeves up and say, you know what? Man, love endures all things. It withstands with courage anything and everything that comes my way. It endures frustration. It, it withstands with courage. It endures, man, when, when we've just kind of hit a funk in our marriage. You know what I'm talking about? They just, you just kind of like look at each other like, mm -hmm, uh, yeah, I'll see you tonight. Um, it, it endures arguments. It endures, man, vacancy. It endures time apart. It endures having babies and having kids and bringing everybody else in the situation. It endures Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays. It endures all things because that's what love is. I love the way it reads in, in the Phillips version. It says this, 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and 8, love knows, limit, knows no limit to its endurance. There's no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. Man, I love that. It outlasts anything. It outlasts any temptation. It outlasts any feeling that I have. It outlasts any hardship that we may be going through because that's true love. And when you get to the end of the road, man, that's the only thing that will be standing. Can I tell you, love is faithful. Faithful. Are you faithfully loving your spouse? Are you faithfully putting in what you should be putting in to your marriage. First John chapter four, verse eight says this, but anyone who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. God is love. So we can't love each other if we don't know God. Here's why you can beat everything. Here's why you can endure anything and everything that comes your way, even when you've lost that loving feeling, is because you're not loving out of your own strength. 
You're loving out of a strength that is way bigger than you. Gee, God loved this world so much that he sent his one and only begotten son, John 3, 16. You know the verse, to die on a cross and that if you believe, you get to spend everlasting life with him. And it didn't just end with him dying on a cross. It went with him raising from the dead, coming out of the grave, and he ascended to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit down here that indwells in our lives and in our souls. And now we have the power of God in our lives enabling us to love one another, not out of our own strength, but that's why when 1 Corinthians 13 says, man, love outlasts anything. It can endure all things and anything that is thrown at it. That's why you can do it because it's not that you're drawing out of your own power. You are drawing out of the Spirit's power that is giving you the power to love like you should. That's what real love is. Love pushes through all things, not just some things. And for everybody that's married in this place, I wanna challenge you with one last thing as I'm closing. Be a spouse B. Be a part B spouse. When we took our vows, our vows sounded something like this. I, Justin, take you, Casey, to be my wedded wife to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Be a part, be spouse means this. Man, we say, you know, it, it, for better, for worse. We're, we're thinking our life's gonna be the better, right? <laughs> when we make those vows, we're not thinking the worse. We're thinking, oh, well, I, I can love you and hold you in the better times. But be the part, be spouse. Be there in the worst times. There's gonna be some worse, I'm not trying to be a, a message of doom and gloom, but there's going to be some worse moments in your marriage. That's when the rubber meets the road. That's when you start learning to love, not with sentimental gush, but you start learning to love appropriately. Is that you've tested your feelings and you understand, man, now it's up to me to love them, not just for better, but for worse, not just when we've got everything, but when we're living on pancakes and beans. Man, now I still love you. Be a part, be spouse. Not just there for the good, but for the bad. And I would say this to every man that's in this place. Lead. Lead. Lead in your relationships. This past series, I've been giving us homework to go back, and one of the weeks was, man, go back to your spouse, and, and this week, you know, start saying, what can I do to make your world better? What can I do to help you today that will make today better? I may not be able to do everything, but what's one thing I can do to serve you to make your day better? And what I loved is so many guys came back and were like, man, that was the hardest week of my life. Um, they they're like, I'm so glad that is over with, that that homework assignment is done. Listen, it wasn't a one-week assignment. <laughs> that wasn't the intention. It's that you would take leadership, and leadership is serving ship. Man, it's serving your spouse, taking the initiative 
to serve. Because men, I believe this to my core. I know it's not popular in culture. I know this isn't the thing that, that society would want us to say and that culture would want us to believe. But men, you are the head of your home. God has you there for a reason. He's got you there for a purpose. And your marriage and your family will never be what it should be if you don't step up and do the hard thing and be the man that he has placed you to be and stop making excuses and just start leading your relationships, your marriage, and your family. He's put you there for a reason. Now stop making excuses and just lead, man. He's got you there. And man, I know I'm coming after you, but this is for a reason because you did Man, you set the whole tone. You set all the tone. And for so many times, we're like, well, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to lead. Step up and lead. Well, it's hard to have a good marriage. Yeah, it's hard to have a good marriage. Hollywood doesn't have enough time to go into that relationship. You know, it's a, it's a long movie. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. But for too long, the wife and the female have been the spiritual leaders of our homes. Guys, that can't be. For too long, it's been the wife saying that we need to go to church instead of the dad stepping up and leading the family to church. It's true. Man, it's getting quiet in here now. For too long, it's been the wife that's always been praying over meals and asking her husband to pray. Husbands, you're the spiritual leader of your home. If you want things to change, you gotta be the change. You gotta lead. And I say it every time. Husbands, pray over your wives before you go to bed. Well, it just makes me feel so uncomfortable. That's called leadership, baby. It's called leading. Well, my prayers feel so, feels like I'm saying the same thing. Who cares? Maybe you need to pray the same thing for three years until it takes, hey. That's all right, but pray. Don't pray quietly, pray out loud over your spouse, and here's why, because it makes you the spiritual leader in your marriage, and it ends your day on a high note. It is impossible for me to be mad at Casey praying over her. I've tried it. <laughs> I have. God, come down here right now and just show her the error of her ways right now. I'm shutting my mouth right now. <laughs> but guys, even if you're not married, start leading yourself because you're the hardest person there's going to be to lead. Don't wait for the lady or the woman for God to bring into your life to start leading because you won't lead because of someone. You're going to lead despite someone. Start leading. You want to keep that loving feeling? Lead your, man, we've got great intentions, guys, but intentions don't get you to the destination. Intentions don't get you to 25 years and 50 years. It's actions. Be the one that's being proactive. Be the one, all you, all you teenage guys and college-age guys, you be the one to set boundaries, physical boundaries in your relationships. You be the one to pray over, well, it's just weird. I don't care if it's weird, lead. Lead. Men, let's Lead. So that we come to a place when it's all said and done that we don't say the phrase, if 
I had only not lost that love and feeling. But when you lead, you start understanding what love really is, and you and I learn to love appropriately. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today, and God, I just pray right now in this place for every relationship, for every man in this place, that God, we would be the people you have called us to be instead of who we've settled into. God, some of us, we haven't been leading in our relationships, we haven't been leading ourselves. It feels uncomfortable, it feels unnerving. Man, we get nervous when we pray, we get nervous when we start trying to take the lead, but Lord, I pray that we would fight through our feelings and we would fight through good intentions and we would be men of action. Lord, that we would be men of character and that we would start leading at home. Lord, I just pray in this place that, God, we would fight the mundane. We would fight dismissing this as something insignificant because, Lord, it's amazing how we dismiss the insignificant things that turn out to be the very significant things. And so, Lord, I pray today for every man in this place that, God, they would be the man of God you're calling them to be. Lord, I pray for every relationship. Lord, maybe they're in a, wrong, a rough spot. Maybe, maybe life has gotten hard and they don't feel the feelings. Lord, I pray that they would not let their feelings determine their path, but they would lead through those feelings because, man, when rubber meets the road, love is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's way bigger than that. Love is patient. It's long-suffering. It's kind. It endures all things. Anything that comes at it, it endures it, and it outlasts them all. So, Lord, I pray that in this place, you would let us lead our lives and our relationships where we desire for them to go instead of where they are. And the Lord, man, we would love appropriately in this place and we would understand what it really means to love as you have loved us. In Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here in this place today and you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance. Today you may be here, and maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ. Man, and you just say, I need a change. Maybe you're here, and you say, I just need to come back. I just need to recommit my life, because it's not where it should be. When I count to three, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. And we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to lead you into another room. But we are going to lead you in a prayer that will change your eternity forever. Don't miss this moment if it's you. One, two, Three, is there anyone here today you say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, there's one hand, there's two hands, there's three hands. Is there anyone else? There's four hands. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands that are lifted. You say, Justin, that's me today. And I just, man, I need to get things right before we go any further in service. Is there anyone else here? You say, man, that's me. That's me, that's me, that's me. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. God, I just confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask that your love and grace would enter my life. 
I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.